Welcome to the Property Profits Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And have you ever wondered how a healthcare worker seamlessly transitioned into the real estate investor industry? Today's guest, Abby Ravidran, is here to unravel the fascinating story behind her accomplishments from a background in healthcare to making strategic moves in real estate. Abby, welcome to the show. We're eager to explore your intriguing intersection between, you know, healthcare workers and real estate. Healthcare workers don't have a lot of free time. How did how did you get that going? <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Bryce. Um, no, you're absolutely right. We uh, do we do work along long hours. Um, it can be challenging, but I think the importance is if you have a strong why. You've probably heard this in other places of why you're doing this and um then you know you just you just do it um a lot of the times it's weekends a lot of the times it's evenings <laughs> um vacations um so those are the times that you kind of make it work and my husband um unfortunately he's not here today but he's uh, a realtor himself so we kind of divide and conquer as much as we can so it's it's, it's teamwork as well so let's rewind and go right back to the beginning why real estate? Usually it has something to do with like a rich dad, poor dad book or something like that. But how did you get, how did you get started in real estate? What planted that seed to say, Oh, I think real estate's what I should be doing. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my dad always kind of invested in real estate a little bit growing up. Um, but you know, my focus for majority of my 30, uh, my twenties and early thirties was I was in medical school and residency. So that was the focus. Once you come out of medical school or residency training, um, majority of doctors have a lot of student debt, which was including myself. And, you know, I read enough books, including rich dad, poor dad, and there's some other physician resources where, like either I can work really, really hard and try to pay off my student debt in five to 10 years. But at the end of it, all I have is I've paid off my debt or mm -hmm. I can be savvy with my money and buy assets and pay off my loans in the, as well and build wealth and pay off at the same time. Mm -hmm. Right. So my goal was, yes, pay off my student loans as soon as possible, but build wealth and assets in the meantime as well. And real estate was a good avenue for that. Yeah, because I never really thought about it that way. It's like <clears throat> either you attack your debt head on, hundred mm -hmm. k or whatever it is, but that debt will continue. You can pay it back later. Mm -hmm. Take the money, double down the the income because you're you're stepping into not like a forty k a year job. You're stepping into a very financeable job, so mm -hmm. you can attack real estate on a big way. Get the assets. Get the assets to pay your 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 large lawyer, dentist, doctor, you know, training that you had to pay for to reach that position. So how, how, how long into um, your healthcare career did you decide to start pairing it with real estate? Yeah. So, I mean, I finished residency around 2019 and mm -hmm. I signed up for a pre-construction that same year that I graduated. So right um, away. Yeah, so 2019, we uh, I live in Mississauga, so we've signed up for a condo in Mississauga. We got occupancy around uh, 2020, closed in 2021. Mm -hmm. Luckily, since we bought in 2019, because uh, prices had gone up, our yeah. I think we bought it around 500 something, but it had gone mm -hmm. up to 800 something. So in wow. 2020, we refinanced it and got a HELOC for that. And that's what we've been able to use to buy our next asset from, from that. So it was that initial investment that we paid uh, towards a condo. So how much equity do you have in your real estate right now? 
in equity well mm -hmm. in terms of well there's two properties now right so mm -hmm. the first one condo i think it was like 578 and then we we refinanced it for around 190 um yeah so it it's difficult because at one point the condo was worth like 850 but now we don't even know where it might be 700 now or 750 or something like it's definitely slumped a little bit but you took the refi money yeah uh, you got the money out so like what it's worth today it's a buy and hold so it, it's exactly. it's it's what it is so then you yeah. rolled it into this new one and yes. how much equity is this new one or is it a, the same deal it's kind of come down a bit since you bought it so we bought this just this year. We're doing a duplex conversion. So we bought okay. a single family home um, and we're doing a duplex conversion. It's almost done. Our bottleneck has really been Hydro One. <laughs> I don't know if um, anyone else- like two services, getting the, the services split and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, we want- Hydro takes it. forever. It, and yeah, my contractor put in the request like the day we close and it's it, we just probably will have our appointment in the next one to two weeks. So we will then be done our duplex conversion and, and we'll get tenants in for that. So we're going to start refinancing once we have leases in and tenants. in. Mm -hmm. Well, the pro tip that I learned from uh, another guy who, who did conversions and stuff like that is that um, Hydro gives the attention. So future future pacing the next one you do, because you're going to do probably do more if it goes well. Call Hydro every single day. They'll get so tired of you that you'll get that appointment before you think because it's when you let it just be. Yeah. And they then they'll show up whenever they want. So the, the pro tip I've heard and and done myself is just call them all the time until they're like, fine, I'm coming. <laughs> so um you're gonna lease this thing out mm -hmm. and then how much what are the numbers looking like now that you're approaching the the finish line on this thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I was aware that, you know, doing a burr right now, we're not going to get the money back. Like I I knew that with the numbers going in, right. Mm -hmm. It was more like, how much am I comfortable with leaving in the deal while I build an asset? It was, a, a, a we actually got an inspection even be, before we put in the offer in, we knew it was a good house. It has a hospital beside it. There's a school beside it. Mm -hmm. It has like a military base. So, you know, we did a lot of research before we went, uh, bought the property um, right. right now. So we bought it for around four. 50 um right now i think if we refinance the lowest it would go for is probably 600 because i recently just saw a single family that's not a duplex go mm -hmm. for 585 ours mm -hmm. is like legal duplex so it would probably go for 600 and above but again the current market in that we're in right now it's so difficult because appraisals are coming in so like you know the the variation is you're gonna have to set yeah. a little bit more money in it but you don't need cash flow or money out of this thing you're accumulating wealth absolutely that was my, it was a long-term buy and hold so we were mm -hmm. okay with that um you know once the interest rates get better we will cash flow right now would be a little bit more neutral but we were okay with that going in when we did our analysis for sure because yeah you know, especially in ontario like people always forget it's going back up it's going back up like mm -hmm. if you think all oh, that that duplex isn't going to go up anymore <laughs> talk, talk call me call 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 abby up in 10 years and ask her about her conversion and and she'll tell you about the 500 or seven hundred thousand dollars she's got the yeah. toronto money so um now that you're here what what where do you plan on taking things like we've got the 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 duplex conversion underway what's mm -hmm. the next acquisitions on your guys's you know time frame because your your husband being a realtor um, you're probably seeing deals all the time. 
Yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to go into bigger multifamilies, like the numbers just make a lot more sense in bigger multifamilies as well. Mm -hmm. One of the main reasons we initially did the duplex is because we wanted to learn ourselves construction costs, you know, permits and delays and kind mm -hmm. of want to do that ourselves. So I mean, every project is different. But it really until you take action, um, those numbers that you learn, it, it doesn't make sense until you actually do a project, work yeah. with contractors, work with the city to know how to do things, right? So our next project, we would want to be at least like uh, five, six, seven units and above. So that would be here. But um, exciting things is also like we're, we want to do a little bit more land development as well. So yeah. our ideal project would be getting um, a uh, a property, whether it's multi a multifamily property um, that has land in it, burr the multifamily so that it can hold itself and then the develop the land after to do like a site plan uh, approval, sell it to developer or, you know, build it. Um, but again, it would be that would be with a partnership. We would be one of the partners of uh, that whole development. Yeah. And I think even even. Um two things we'll, we'll stay in this lane and i'm going to ask you an interesting question but you also mentioned before the show that you were looking into american real estate and you know eight units and 10 units 15 units mm -hmm. not as expensive yeah now yeah. the appreciation might not be there but there's cash flow in here and so tell me a little bit about what you've been investigating in the united states so far yeah. So one thing is just like, you know, as a Canadian investing in the US, I know there's like you have to have credit and, and things like that, that you have to build. Um, I actually trained in the US, like I did my residency in the US. Mm -hmm. So I actually have credit score already established there from living there for five years. Oh, I have good. like my US credit card and my accounts. So it's not like if I go there, I'm, I would be a nobody. There's some information about my credit history that's mm -hmm. there. So I would love to use that as leverage to get some good rates if I invest in the States. Um, but right now we're just exploring different markets. Like I know Texas and, and Florida are good markets, but then again, Texas, uh, Florida with hurricanes, really hard to get insurance. So I'm trying to stick more towards pot potentially Texas. But again, mm -hmm. there's some other smaller markets. I think with the US, if we're going to do cross-border um, investing, we really need to know the market really, really well. Like every street can be different in terms of yeah. the value and what can happen. So block block, definitely. Yeah, you have to build a strong power team that knows what they're doing because you can't really physically be there to do it. So we're just in the process of picking a market and then trying to establish our power team and then just keep looking for properties while we're doing that. Mm -hmm. one, one piece of advice, if you yeah. if you care, is a lot of American investors I talk to say, I say, how did you pick the market outside of the one? Because they're already in the States, right? How did you pick Kansas City or Georgia or Atlanta? And they said, because I knew someone there. Mm. So my piece of advice, if you're really serious about the States is like, start where you know someone. If you did your residency there, that would be um, where, where I would look into is just, you're 100% right street mm -hmm. by street block by block you're gonna need someone on the ground and that's what every every real estate investor who invests outside of their market and actually puts money in another city or state mm -hmm. it's always because they knew someone who actually that they trusted who lived there so yeah. maybe something to consider maybe yeah. they're just saying stuff that's what i heard the word on the street is the word <laughs> no, on the street is that so yeah no that's great advice and i actually have a friend from residency who lives in dallas texas 
So um, Dallas, it is. Why not? Dallas is a great city. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and you've got, and you've got like your EIN number and everything like you're, you're, you're probably more set up than most people looking at property in the States from Canada. So if you, if you did, are you still looking for equity? Are you still looking at cash flow? Because you guys are on the same, you know, you guys have uh, an income, like a good T4 income. You don't need income from real estate. So in whatever you you're acquiring, um, what, is your like primary goal is like wealth, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's diversification. Like obviously the property in Trenton, that is more an equity and long-term hold, mm-hmm. right? But it would be in the US, it would be more for cash flow and being able to buy more assets <laughs> and things like that. So we're trying to, and even land development, that's a long-term gain. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to buy something and develop land and you know, that that is also more of a five-year 10 year play here. Um, so in in that sense, we're trying to set it up. So we're using any of uh, money that we have to invest for more of the future. But you know, ultimately, cash flow is still important. But again, I'm still working, I have a good income, my husband's a realtor, you know, he has good income. So between us, like, if we can live savvy and try to invest, and I think we can accomplish both, you know? Yeah, definitely. So here's, here's the, uh, the question when it comes to real estate investing you know what would you say is your secret sauce like what is it that comes easy to you guys that other people might find difficult i think both my husband and i are very social uh butterflies like networking to us comes very easily mm-hmm. <laughs> often you know um we can go from event to event just meeting people and we're not like exhausted by it either way because we like to learn other people's stories and see ask about their journeys and you know um and I think that's something that we enjoy uh doing it even separately as a couple uh, as well and I think that helps us because both of us have the same vision both of us uh enjoy that aspect and I think um that makes us like a, a powerful couple in that sense yeah like some people get tired Mm-hmm. Go to a networking yeah. event introverts yeah. so you guys are more extroverted you're charged up by being in a room of people you'll go you know at networking event hopping instead of bar hopping you're going oh <laughs> let's go to the, the next real estate meetup or the local entrepreneurs meetup so yeah um yeah very interesting how networking is the secret sauce i get lots of answers in that in that category so what type what kind of success can you attribute to your 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 networking this savviness for the two of you what's come out of doing that that you could let people know about yeah absolutely i mean um one of the land development deals that we potentially are going to work on it's um my husband and i are part of a group called well genius mm-hmm. and we knew a member there and we were at a different event and we had just connected and i was just telling him i'm like oh this is the kind of project that we were looking for and he's like you know what i actually think i have something for you and then we just got on zoom and then now we're in the process of seeing if this is what's going to work but had i not um been at these events and networked and knew people 
it wouldn't have happened, right? Um, right. And also like social media and, and branding yourself. And uh, if I, the real estate community is quite small if you think about it. When you first start, it seems like there's a lot, but as you yeah. go to different events, you realize it is a similar people who have similar goals that are at these not events. Even, not even similar, but the same people at the same yeah. networking events. Not all the time. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's some core people that you see out and you realize how small like the professional investor yeah. scene is in Canada and the United States, like population wise. Mm -hmm. So you have to network. Many. It's like they I know it's they say like your network is your net worth. And that can't be truer, you know, in, in that yeah, in real estate, especially. So speaking of that, if people want to reach out to you, they want to connect with you, they want to find out more. um you know, get part of that land deal or maybe start partnering in on some of that American real estate or just find out more about how you're doing real estate in the Ontario market. What should they do? How do they reach out? How do they find you? Yeah, so we our Instagram handle is deals and dishes like deals and dishes. Okay. That's because my husband and I both love real estate, but we are also both foodies and love dishes. So okay. we talk about our deals and our real estate journey, but then we also highlight more mom and pop uh, community restaurants like that we've gone to as part of our real estate journey. And then we kind of highlight that restaurant, sometimes talk to the owners and people there. So if you're interested in real estate and you love food, then check us out. <laughs> Time to, time to start getting some like owner financing on their restaurants start buying restaurants <laughs> it's interesting because often we'll have a conversation with the owner and they'll tell us more about the community like when this uh started this is kind of what the community was like real estate was like now it's this so mm -hmm. we learn from them and we can highlight uh you know a local restaurant and it's it's win-win for both of us and we love food and it's, we get to check that out too there you go so if you want to find them it's uh, deals and dishes on Instagram. <laughs> I think people are going to, I think people at home are really going to appreciate the story because we've, we touched on something really interesting today is that real estate, some people want it for income. Some people want it for wealth. And when you have a, an income that you're not too worried about, like supporting, you can actually make moves in this environment because there are deals. They just might not cash flow today, but in 10 years in Ontario, just like uh, from 2019 to 2020 suddenly there was all this equity and it's just it'd be foolish to think that the toronto market isn't gonna continue to go as immigration is going through the ceiling so i think you're primed to really uh, capitalize on that duplex yeah i um i'm excited for how i'm excited for when it's finally done and i can get there some tenants in. get some tenants in there okay well um yeah time flies when we're having fun and uh we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Bryce. Take care. Bye.